Welcome to the Gifts for Glory podcast, where we celebrate and promote men and women using their gifts for God's glory. Know someone who is making an impact for God's kingdom using their gifts, talents, and passions? We'd love to meet them. Send us an email at podcast at giftsforglory.com. That's podcast at gifts, the number four, glory.com. And now here is our host, Dave Ebert. Hello, friends and neighbors, and welcome to the latest edition of the Gifts for Glory podcast. Uh, so glad that you're joining us, whether you're uh, joining us live on social media or catching the show on Creative Motion Network, Taken TV Network, Rumble.com, or your favorite podcast platform. A huge shout out to all the winners of the 2021 Edge Awards from the Creation Motion Network, including our friend and our uh, amazing Patreon supporter, uh, Felicity Joy. Uh, she's a host of the Black Conservative Female and also uh, the Felicity Joy Show. So we thank uh, uh, Felicity for being a Patreon. And you yourself, if you like what we do, if you want to support Walverse Comedy, Gifts of Glory, the podcast, uh, please consider joining us uh, as a uh, Patreon supporter at patreon.com slash giftsforglory. Uh, we would uh, uh, truly appreciate anything that you could do to help uh, uh, help us grow and help us reach more people, tell better stories, and also to use comedy through Walverse Comedy as a way to uh, just bring hope uh, to people that, that really need a, a break from some of the realities of life. So uh, thank you for your consideration. Thank you, Felicity Joy, for your uh, Patreon uh, support. And now let's go to our Devotions with Dave segment. Our uh, Devotions with Dave segment is uh, going from uh, Galatians 5, 13 to 15, uh, reading from the uh, New Living Translation. For you have been called to live in freedom, my brothers and sisters, But don't use your freedom to satisfy your sinful nature. Instead, use your freedom to serve one another. And um, and in verse 14, for the whole law can be summed up uh, in uh, this one command. Love your neighbor as yourself. But if you are always biting and devouring one another, watch out. Beware of destroying one another. So there um, is just a powerful reminder as Paul is writing to the church uh, in Galatia. Uh, that we are called to live in freedom, uh, but we shouldn't use our freedom. We shouldn't use the gift of salvation, uh, the uh, the uh, the abundant grace that God offers, so that we can fulfill our sinful nature. Uh, but we should use our freedom, the the salvation, the gifts of God, to serve every to serve one another in love, because uh, the law can be summed up in this one command: love your neighbor as yourself. And then this this warning in verse 15, I think, is powerful because you see it all the time. In fact, uh, it's happened on my personal Facebook uh, feed the last few days is there, there's this desire to be right instead of being righteous. Uh, there's this desire to have my beliefs proven instead of what the Bible actually says. Verse 15 says, but if you are always biting and devouring one another, watch out. Beware of destroying one another. Because not only are you hurting one another, you're hurting the cause of the gospel. Because they see Christians yelling and screaming and typing in all caps at each other. And it's like, we're no different than the world. And if we're no different than the world, then what are what do we have to offer uh, those that, that need the gospel? So I just want to encourage you uh, to spend some time in the Word. Uh, read Galatians a little bit after this, of course, talks about uh, the fruit of the Spirit. And uh, that, uh, you know, that's always a favorite to talk about, the fruit of the Spirit. Uh, so that was our Devotions with Dave segment. Uh, now to our guest. Uh, we're proud to bring you this funny comedian. He's a man with a passion for clean comedy. Uh, he, uh, he's got a love and devotion to God that's really inspiring. 
In 2003, he founded Gutty's Comedy Club in the Chicago suburbs, uh, which later led to the first brick-and-mortar Gutty's to open in uh, the Indianapolis suburbs. Uh, And in 2021, a second brick-and-mortar Gutty's location opened up in suburban Minneapolis. And recently, they launched the Gutty's Metaverse. I have no idea how that works or what that is all about, Uh, but we're going to talk to our guest about the Metaverse, about Gutty's, about clean comedy, about faith. Uh, so, uh, we'll talk about all that with my guest at this time, uh, comedian and club owner, Steve Rivera, Steve, welcome to gifts of glory. How are you, sir? What's good, Dave? I am blessed. And I'm glad to be on the show. Thanks for having me. Yeah, man, I'm excited to have you, uh, uh, here, uh, to dive into what the metaverse is. It's not the multiverse. So you're not going to see like <laughs> five Peter Parkers, uh, but in, in the metaverse, you see comedians with no legs, apparently. <laughs> yes, you do. Yes, you do. It is very. It is an interesting and very exciting platform. Um, that is exactly that. What you're talking about. It can get pretty confusing at first, but it is something that is starting to pretty much develop. It's just another thing that another wave of social connection, mm-hmm. if you will, um, that has its implications either way. You know. Um, you can really get lost in it. Like there's times where you have that those VR sets on and you're like, all right, I'm going to check it out. And then five hours later, you're like, oh my gosh, what? It's what? <laughs> it's three in the morning? Yeah, it's it goes, it, it goes fast and it's a very, very interesting uh, place that it's in right now. And it sounds like uh, on the positive side, it's something that, can help us be connected with people who uh, are maybe still in that mode of, you know, danger is out there. Let's not be together. Let's let's not hang out. Yeah. There's a lot of, that's the thing is this, this whole thing that has happened to us these past two years has placed a lot of different anxieties and stresses on people that has developed a whole new thing that they have to face. And that is as simple as going out and meeting people or being around people. To now this this platform, there are some positives to it where, you know, they feel safe and they're like, listen, I could, I could be online and still have some social connection a little bit, even though it still can get a little fuzzy when it comes to the ramifications when it's like, okay, my avatar is perfect looking, right? So now, mm-hmm. you know, you have that dynamic where it's like there's no flaws in essence uh in the world so there's a lot of different things that are being developed so i'm hoping that this platform will help uh with those specific people that individuals because we we've had a few already that said you know because of my because i'm going through so much stress and anxiety um because my my grandmother passed away um, i'm able to go in and still connect with people and feel like i'm i'm connected to something so there are some positive sides to this and i've seen the negative side effect to it as well so it's going to be interesting this next. I mean, there's only a little bit that's happening right now. Very small percentage of the platform is actually reaching out, but there's a, so many people out there. Mm-hmm. Um, they have yet to really open the floodgates on how much is going to be going in traffic through. They're preparing the way, in essence, uh, to get everybody going through. So uh, the Gutties uh, uh, Metaverse is open, and you're doing uh, basically you're doing live shows or almost like a live open mic after the show closes in the theater. Is that right? Well, okay. Well, here's the thing is I, I, I wouldn't, I'd be remiss if I don't mention this too as well. Um, Gutty's metaverse is actually run by a gentleman by the name, Aaron Sorrells. Um, the, I think is the unemployed alcoholic. Yeah. And um, 
and he does also clean comedy time. So he has developed and created this world where it's pretty much the brand of Gutties um, and has the same rules and house rules as Gutties. And he's developed with these other incredible developers. They created the whole world and they did such a great job. Um, and so it's really a 24 hour open mic. Hmm. And then on Saturday in the evening, um, there's a specific time that we're, we're testing right now where we'll bring on an actual headliner uh, and, and he'll go up there and we'll bring an actual feature to as well. And they'll test the waters by jumping on there. Cause Nobody's ever really tested this platform, but I'll tell you this is your mind or your brain is so amazing, right? So we've been created in such an amazing way that it actually conforms to the visuals that are there. And when you're on the stage, you could actually like how we're doing right now. It's in real time. You can hear me speak. We have a microphone that you can grab, but there's joysticks that you use. And when you in, in the joysticks, if you close your hand, you're literally grabbing something. So it feels like you have an actual mic when you're <laughs> holding the joystick. So it's like you're on stage and you're moving around on stage and you're interacting with the crowd. And it's just like doing stand up on the stage. So it does feel your brain starts to adjust and go, whoa, this is real. The only thing is um, there's a skip or at least like a half beat maybe or something where you say the joke and you wait for the punchline to hit and you have to wait for the response because the, it's sending out the signal. And mm-hmm. so they have to receive the signal. And once they receive it, then they laugh. It, they'll throw their hands up in confetti shoots. And um, <laughs> nice. it's so wild. Yeah. And then when they throw two thumbs up, it's like emojis start floating around. And, you know, you get the laughters, the outburst laughters as well. So there is that dynamic where you have to get used to hitting up with the punch and then maybe wait a beat, maybe even just jump around or something away from them to laugh. And then when they laugh, you know, okay, now it's time to hit that joke again. So, it is very, very interesting when you first jump on there. So you can actually hear as well as see his response. Yeah. Like you can oh, see wow. the, the only thing is, okay, for example, like for me, I'm very, like my, I'm very um, animated when I'm mm-hmm. doing my jokes. So I got my laughs, I got my smiles and I got all this stuff. You don't technically see that on stage when you're watching, you just see an avatar. You can see my arms move and like, I have a couple jokes with an uppercut and you can see that. But you don't see the expressions, so mm-hmm. you have to be really good in delivering and making it believable uh, in order for them to receive that laugh. Because otherwise, if you rely on just your facial expressions, you might not get the the reaction that you want. Yeah. So there is, you know, that that's kind of the downside versus doing a Zoom comedy where right. if you're doing it on Zoom, people can actually see the facial feature, which helps deliver the joke. Right. But on Zoom, you also don't always hear the laughter because Zoom tends to cut each other out. If you got two people speaking, too much sound, then it all cuts out. Right. So, you know, the virtual world will never replace the real world. Oh, of course not. I don't think it'll ever do that. There's no way to to even say make that statement. But the thing is, it's just another option, another venue, you know, another avenue to be able to be exposed to other people that you've never really been exposed to. Like if somebody in Turkey, you know, jumps on mm-hmm. and they're like, oh, okay. You know, and they, I don't know what they would say from Turkey, but, but basically they, they're exposed to, cause you know, it's, it's there. It's the platform still, like I said, it's still expanding. So it's mm-hmm. still a very low percentage of people coming through, but the interaction has been, has been interesting. So this is, uh, we're talking about the Gutties metaverse, but the, the Gutties universe is yes. two locations, 
Yes. Uh, which is uh, suburban Indianapolis, suburban Minneapolis. That's right. Um, when did, I, I know I should know this, but when did the first brick and mortar location of Gutty's open up? Oh, that Europe? is 2019. Okay. 2019 is when we really said, let's go all in. And we're here in Indiana. And I was talking with uh, Dennis Tooley. And, the, and it's so wild, the timing of everything, right? So the minute I decided to go full time, and jump in and get a brick and mortar spot, we get hit with a pandemic. So it's yeah. like, the timing, Lord, thank you. Because <laughs> this whole time, it's 16 years in the making, I've been doing like coffee shops and just getting a banner and putting it wherever we can just to get the name going. But it was very minimal stuff. It's like, it was never really, um, I'm going all in, I'm going all in. But the decision to go all in is just because I was just at, a, at that point. I'm like, Lord, this got to happen. And there's a lot to that too, as well. It's like, God, I want this to happen. And then is it, is it allowing God to make it happen or forcing his hand to make it happen? Mm. You know, and there's that, that battle, bro, where it was like, then I had to you know, come back and pray and say, Lord, did I do that? Did I force your hand? Did I, because the pandemic just hit that, were you trying to tell me something? Don't start again. I like all of that starts happening, but I had to come to a place where when you know that you're called for something, right, and you have that in you, there's something about just allowing God to just open the doors and just flow, right? Just Mm -hmm. go with what happens, and that's kind of how it went. So I was like, let's go all in. Indiana, we're about to to start this, and we jumped in, and, and, you know, here we are. So you started that in 2019. Yeah. Uh, early 2020, you get hit by the pandemic, uh, but you, but you guys made it through. And I think that by making it through, that was kind of God confirming in you that mm. yeah, the timing may have felt like it stunk, but it was His timing. I mean, to be honest with you, bro, there's been a lot of casualties. There's been a lot of bad things that came out of this thing. The pandemic yeah. has just been a nightmare. I'm not going to take away uh, any of that. It has been a nightmare and it is something that I wish would have never happened. Of course, I don't think everybody, but at the same time, I've seen God's hand move so much that I'm like, I don't know how, I don't know. I do know how, because it's him really. Mm -hmm. But every opportunity that came up was just another option to be able to continue. So when I was like, the waters are rising around me, he was like, just stay focused on me. And mm-hmm. I'm like, but it's rising. And he's like, here, stay mm-hmm. here. Um, and there were hard, it was hard. I'm yeah. not gonna, I, I'm I, I'm human, bro. It was it is the hardest thing that I have ever had to face was and it has sharpened my faith, but also had checked me on a lot of things on my on the inside that I had to I had to really check. Yeah. And it has and it has pulled that stuff out of me, man, where it's like man, I was bitter, man. I, man, I had trust issues and like a lot of stuff was just, is getting pulled out of me and during this whole thing. And I just feel like I have just been strained and just pressed um, because it's not just business, but then when you start doing stuff that is impacting and making a difference, opposition comes, it's automatic. It happens. And so opposition has been just attacking me. Um, my family, you know, family wise and then business. And then you start guessing it and you start double, double taking it and be like, okay, was this the right thing to do? And 
there's a lot of decisions that you make that you have to make sure that um, you just stay focused. And mm-hmm. if I could say anything, it's like if you choose to want to make be a trailblazer and want to make a difference and start doing things that's going to change the culture of something, you better expect some really strong opposition on that because if you read about these game changers in the Bible, you can see that when they started making those trailblazers, they – some of them didn't even come out alive. You know what I mean? It was like right. they literally lost their lives and all for the, for the sake of the cause of, you know, the gospel. And, and also you just, you know, for the good news and all of us are in it. And so that's why I said, there's, there's a lot to this and just, Oh, I wanted to start it. And, and you know, it, there's so much more to this and gutties is so much more than just a club. Um, yeah. We've really made some impacts on people's life that, that I feel it, it was all worth it. Yeah, there, uh, there's some people, or there's one in particular I think about that I think that being a part of Gutties has really changed his life. I don't want to mention names because I don't want to embarrass anybody or put anybody on the spot. Sure. But yeah, but I think you probably know who I'm talking about. But just you know, seeing seeing him grow and change as a person, as a human yeah. being, and also become phenomenal on stage. Yeah, uh, dude, I'm just, telling you. Yep, and that that's just one aspect of it, right? I mean, I had people come in and say, thank you so much because I've been a recovering alcoholic. And to come to a place like this, I feel safe and I had such a great time. That's a huge. That's huge. I mean, it may not be to some, but to us, to me, that is yeah. that is a huge thing to me. So I would rather be a part of something that's changing people's lives than say, than compromise. Right. All for the sake of money. You know, it's like, there's so much more to it that people sometimes when you tell them people can handle vision, not everybody can handle vision. Not everybody can handle, um, you know, when you have goals and you have a vision set, not everybody takes it and goes, Oh yeah, that's great. Do it. They get scared or they get intimidated or they just don't like you. And Mm -hmm. that's part of it that comes with it. But at the same time, when you look at all the victories, which is the people that have been involved and impacted on all walks, not just comedians, but, you know, those families and friends that have been a part of the gutties that why would I change anything? Because, because somebody else is saying they want this different. I rather, you know, impact, make an impact people's lives than, than anything else. Kind of the story of Job. You have some advisors that are giving you bad advice telling you to change your way, but you're like, no, God is faithful. Bro. yeah, and then he'll bring you back up as long as you stay faithful. I think that's so real. That's so real because, man, I'm telling you, a lot of people will not that don't even know you mm-hmm. will 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 attack you. Yeah, um, and and try to attack who you are and your character just for what you're standing for, and that's interesting to me because it's like. Man, in one hand, I want to do good and help people. On the other hand, people don't want you to do good and help people. And it's right. like, well, who am I gonna? <laughs> I'm, I'm not. I'm not in it for you. I'm in it. I'm in it for him. Right. So he's the one that gave it to me. It's his. It's his gift that he gave to me, and I just want to be a part of and be a good steward. Steward of it, according to what was put into my heart. And what I want to do. And I think anybody with a passion like that should get, be given some sort of recognition and understanding and respect that they're going after what they believe in to be real to them and help 
other people. It's like, I think in this world of like you were talking about earlier, which is so good, everybody wants to be, you know, right. Everybody wants to, you know, be on top, just fact checking and everything, wanting to throw, throw, throw. Um, I stand just as guilty, bro, where it's like to, to defend myself and want to be right. That's that's a that's a real thing. And we're in that, you know, and we're in that, especially with what we're trying to bring to the table as a comedy club. Yeah. And one thing that uh, I've run into with uh, Wellverse and, and trying to do clean comedy is there's been so much cheese under the label clean comedy that people are lactose intolerant. Man. How do you how do you fight I'll that as a club owner? Oh, my goodness. That is going to be forever the battle. There's a reason why. Well, because the stigma. Now, see, this goes and this can also be an argument between Christian music, Christian mm-hmm. rap, Christian rock, Christian, Christian they label it. Right. And in the beginning of it all, it was always like, oh, this is garbage, right? But with clean comedy, the problem is when you label something clean, it's it's very – everybody has their version of what clean is. And so when people think of clean, the, the first thing I think is dad jokes, Christian mm-hmm. cheese jokes, um, Bible-type topic jokes, and cheese. Like it's just that, just low-hanging fruit. And just cheesy, cheesy. Mm-hmm. And and that's a problem because there's a lot of clean comedians out there that have made their mark, but because they didn't, they were smart in their marketing. Uh, they didn't go down that, that road of clean comic. They just said, I'm a comedian, right? So our battle is always going to be, number one, the quality of that we have to bring to the stage. We have to prove to people. So our job now as a clean comedy club, we have to prove that we're good. Then if we don't, immediately, this is an immediate thing. Even if you have a bad show, immediately you're labeled your garbage. Mm -hmm. So that's already going to be, that's already our challenge. Um, But then to be alcohol free, Oh, forget it. What? This this is really dumb. You guys are whack, and this is going to be really sad, and it's going to suck. Mm-hmm. Okay. But like like anything else, everybody ha- everything has a way to be able to. It depends on the product that you create and produce. So the product that we're producing is comedy that's safe for everybody, right? Clean, family friendly, whatever. It's safe for everyone to come and hang out and have a good time. You want to laugh, you come through and laugh. But it is it is a challenge because of that stigma that is placed on there where you might have like for example, we have we had a few very few, but we had a couple shows that didn't hit like it should have. And we're labeled based on that show than the amazing shows that we had with Dusty Slay, Bob Smiley, right? And he had um um Aaron Weber, which is an up-and-coming comic that does shows with Nate Bergazzi. Like, we had comics that came and just knock it out the park, and it was so much fun. Horace Sanders. I mean, I could go on with the list of, of comics that we had that were just amazing. Yeah. You're going to have those shows that are going to hit and miss, but that doesn't mean that it labels us, this is it. 
So it is, it is true when you talk about, and I think it's because of the word, the word can be toxic. When you say clean, people are going to be like, well, if it's clean, it's just dad jokes and mom, mom jokes, dad jokes, and about your wife. And it's Mm -hmm. like, okay, then that proves to me that everybody has the stigma and they're always going to have the stigma on it too. So they're not going to like us if we, if we do that, which is unfortunate. It's very hard. And the way I always explain it, especially uh, because I know that you know, a lot of the comedians you bring in, even though it's clean comedy, aren't Christians. Right. Maybe aren't are practicing. Uh, but for me, as a Christian, I always say we serve the ultimate creator. So we should be just as creative, just as imaginative. And by being clean, it doesn't limit. It actually frees us. See, that's, I'm so glad you, you brought that up because there is a little bit of that that's another avenue where there's some some battles. But my thing is this. I, I love comedy so much that I want to share with those comics that have never done it. We've had successful comics already that were like, I can't do clean. And then they come in and they work their, their material. They have 45 minutes of clean. And now they're booking shows on a cruise because mm-hmm. they're able to do clean. We had comics that were like, I'm saying like never done clean. And they came into the stage and they did. So it's like, and the, and every time the con- the conversation is, man, this made me had to be so creative. I had to be so creative in writing. I had to do, I had to change this, and it made me be more active. And and the, it it brought a whole new sense of creativity in our material. I'm a firm believer that through that we can bridge a gap between the fact that it's not about just Christian comics. Because that's another thing that I hate that we have to deal with where it, there's still strife and there's still a little bit of battle there. Mm-hmm. And it's like, bro, it's about bringing comedy, which is medicine, to those who need it. And if I, a brother of mine, right, if a, if a buddy, another comic, a fellow comic is a Buddhist, we'll have our conversations off the stage. Yeah. But on stage, just be funny. All we're asking is to be funny and, and to do work for with family-friendly audiences. Yeah. It's simple. If you're a smart comic and want to do business correctly and in the business of creating and getting your career going, you understand, right? Because we never have problems with the comics that understand this. The right. comics that don't understand business and being a professional, that's where we have a little bit of the – Hey, you can't control what I'm saying and yada, yada, yada. <laughs> It's like, okay, then this is not for you. Right. So then you shouldn't be at our door asking to get on our stage if it's not for you. Simple as that. Right. And you've, and I'm sure you've seen the conversations between comedians saying that, you know, especially um, those that do churches, um, the idea that, you know, should I feel limited in what I can say because I'm on a church stage or because I'm on this stage. Right. And, my my answer has always been, if you're paying for the show, if this is your show, do what you want. Mm-hmm. But if somebody's hired you, you honor your client. You, you honor the client that hired you. Respect the room. Right. I mean, think about it. If you're going to be a comic and your goal is to go get on Jimmy Fallon, I can guarantee you they're going to say, you can't say this, you can't say that, can't say this, can't say that. Rework this, rework that joke. And if you don't have the ability to be able to re- rework it so that you can have exposure – you're you're lacking the tools to be successful. You're gonna miss out. 
So you're going to clean is green. I mean, meaning there's more opportunity if you clean, if you work clean. And I'm telling you, there's a lot of headliners out there that will tell you this. They would rather have a clean feature than someone who's dropping F-bombs before them because they want to drop the F-bombs before it. Or they don't want anybody to drop F-bombs before them. They want it. They want their feature shows, guest spots, feature shows to be clean. So Where's that at, right? So there's that line. So the argument of clean is really not an argument. It's just people want to have something to argue about. Mm-hmm. So I agree with you. You should respect the rules like every other place. I don't go to McDonald's and cause a ruckus because I feel that I should get this type of service and yada, yada. You're going to get escorted out. There are rules to establishments. Yeah. And this 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 goes with Comedians that are like the purists, because there's some purists that are like comedy should be like this. And, and then you got comics that work, you know, uh, professionally that do s- storytelling and all of that is is fine. But the, the, the center argument is the bottom line is if a room asks you to do a certain thing and we're paying you to do the show, do it. Right. Yeah. Respect it. And just do it so we can all win. You want to get paid? You want to have a good time? Do it. If it's not for you, then, you know, move on and go to, to a place that accepts your type of comedy. Yeah. So you're right. Especially when it comes to Christian comedians too. Like when they're doing churches, there's some forgiveness there, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. You know, you're going to have comics that are going to try things and there's forgiveness. It's a congregation. You're not going to have hecklers. I don't think anybody heckles at the church. I've never seen that unless it's like, I don't know. I have no idea if I've never seen somebody get up in the you know, pews and like, oh, you suck. That's a horrible <laughs> joke. You don't get that. Everybody's reserved and everybody's kind of like, you know, I'm not going to, I'm going to laugh with you, but they're not going to do that. So there is a different dynamic when it comes to church gigs and club gigs, period. Mm-hmm. And we have that dynamic. We have those church-going folks that want something to do. And we have people that love comedy that are not churchgoers that want something to do as well. And you're going to have that dynamic. And I like to see church comedians come through and Christian comedians come through and try out the material in an actual club scene where you're not getting that res- that respect and that and that um you know, it's just forgiveness. Of, mm-hmm. Oh, it's okay. Just try the next joke. You know, no, you're going to get that complete silence or you're going to get, you know, that, Oh man. Oh, or you're going to get the laughs. So there's mm-hmm. a, there's a different dynamic when it comes to the comedy club. Yeah. And in the, the worst you're going to get heckled as a stand up in a church is, you know, some lady third row will be like, Oh, bless his heart. Oh, bless his heart. <laughs> bless his heart. He's not funny. Yeah. 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 <laughs> But they'll say it. In a, <laughs> I'm gonna pray right, for right. you. I'm gonna pray. I'm gonna pray for him. Pray for him. Ooh, pray for him. Yeah, that's exactly some of that that happens for sure. So two years after you opened Gutties in suburban Indianapolis, and you didn't just—it wasn't just like you—you're there. You had to relocate for different reasons. Yeah. During that two years. Yeah. And in the in the midst of all that. You also open a new club up in uh, Minneapolis, uh, r- run by Kyle Yamada, who yes. has been on this show before. Yeah, the fantastic Kyle Yamada. Yams is what we call him. Yams. Yams. 
Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, well, the thing is that started way back in our first location. Mm-hmm. Um, Yamada Yams, he came through and he, he headlined for us and him is, uh, his, his family, um, uh, Holly and the kids, they came by and man, they fell in love with the whole concept. They fell in love with the club. The minute they stepped in, they were like, Oh, this is, this is it. And that's the, that's the respond. And that's the reaction we get. Um, when we first started off, it was like that. I don't know if I can come do some shows. I don't know if this and that, and that right. Uh, we were getting a lot of kickback and I understand it's a brand new thing. It's a brand new concept, but when they stepped through the door and they saw that what we were doing is really, this is not a game. We, we really want to bring it. We want to change the culture. Um, they get just, they fire up. They're like, yes, let's go. Finally, let's, let's do this. Let's be, I want to be a part of this. So that's how it happened with, with Kyle. He, um he fell in love with it and he wanted it to know if we were going to expand and all that. And I said, well, at the time, at the time we were really ready for that. But the idea and the vision is definitely to expand and to be able to, um, to get some more clubs going. So I waited and then, pandemic hits and i'm like it's really not gonna happen now because there's no way um and then uh we kind of put it in the back burner we said let's just table this right now and then we'll talk later uh because he's like i want to bring it to minnesota and i'm like well let's just wait this was before i had a relationship with the simon property group which is the mall okay um so this is at the other spot is our first location and um then of course, what happens is the whole pandemic. We had to, we actually had to shut down the old location, and we we came in contact with uh, theater um, on Main Street, and they had a stage and everything. And we we're like, let's reach out to them and ask them if they can give us some time. We'll bring the entertainment. They have the stage. Let's survive this thing. Uh, mm-hmm. That was when pandemic was starting to kind of dwindle and come. It was at a point where we could have very limited seating and all that, but I, we had to survive. So met up with him. And then when we were done with that, that's when it hit again. And we were like, we cannot continue here, but we've had so much support um, from other people that have blessed us to stay afloat. We had so much love coming from people that out of nowhere that we were, I was just floored. And the support has just been like, okay, God is, is providing while we're going through. And then I had help in the government help too as well. It's like all this stuff started coming in where we were in a good position. And when an opportunity arose, I reached out to the mall and I said, Hey, I'd like to market there. Can I put a banner up or something on some of the shows? And that's when they said, well, we can do better. Let's, we heard about you. We followed you. We really love to have gutties here in the mall. And I said, well, you got to make it worthwhile because that's a storefront. You know, that's, yeah, that's a grip. And then they made it worthwhile. And I was like, okay, I'm, I'm gonna throw all my chips in. Boom. So we're here now in the new location. Well, when that happened, that's when Kyle called up. He was like, yo, I see that you got a new spot. He was like, you got, you want, you want to talk now? And I was like, hmm, this could be it. This could mm-hmm. be a time, our time to go ahead and do that. So we got the papers together and it's like, all right, let's make it happen, bro. He was ready. And I'm so blessed to have Kyle as part of the family because he is he's been a very intricate uh part of, of the expansion and he has the same heart and 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 has the same drive and has uh, uh for gutties that 
is you you know again there's only a select few that really can work through the vision and and go through what Guddies yeah. is all about and I'm telling you Kyle has been nothing Kyle and Holly have been nothing but godsend and I'm so glad that they are they're a part of the the Guddies team and that's when we reached out to the mall in Adina and I said hey we're looking to expand do you have any spots available um for this and I told and I asked Kyle in that process hey bro how far is Adina where you live and he's like man that's like 10 15 minutes away and we're all freaking out because it's like oh this is good this is great this is a good spot it has the same setup you know the whole cheesecake factory because it's Simon properties right mm-hmm. Simon Mall properties they they own it all and so I was like well let's see and so we reached out to them and they said okay that's not, yeah we definitely have spots and then they called back here to the mall and they were like hey what's this goodies comedy club and they're like oh you gotta have them there they're great it's a great venue it's a great uh thing i think you guys definitely benefit from them you should give them a shot and that, those words of encouragement from this mall help us land that spot over there and from that point on i was like here we go kyle so we jumped up there got the place all dialed up and branded everything and and the rest is history now he's enjoying and in the same process as I am where we're pushing, we're pushing through this thing and they're experiencing some really great growth there too as well. And hopefully it'll keep, you know, keep rocking. Yeah. You mentioned earlier, I can't remember if it was before we started on air or, or, um, or if it's during this conversation, but uh, Jason Earls was just up that way. Yep. Uh, if, Which uh, is, was great. Yeah. It was great because he's another key figure that we were trying to reach out to and say, Hey, Come and check us out, bro. Be a part of what, what's going on. This place is for you. This is not about me or, or anybody. It's about us. We have a place now where we can thrive and take our skills and grow. We need to grow together. And, man, when he stepped on that stage, he was like, that's it. I'm, I'm, yeah. I love it. I'm in. And, I'm, you know, same thing with Brad Stein. When Brad Stein came to our old location for our first year anniversary, at first, it was kind of like, well, let me see. And, you know, it was back and forth, which is fine. It's pretty typical. But when he walked through the door and saw our heart and he saw the vision, he saw what was going on, that's all they need to do is just come and see what we're doing mm-hmm. and be a part of it. That's what it is. It's really just because, you know, it's 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 a place for us. It's a place for you. I mean, you've already been to Gutties and you guys experienced the whole thing. Like, this is what I'm talking about. This is where we need to be. And we need to thrive together as a as a cohesive unit in the field of comedy, just bringing laughs in a in a family friendly way, in a clean way. It's like the cheers of comedy. Is you know everybody knows your name. You go down there, hang out, build family, build relationships. Bro, when I first started clean comedy, I was like, well, you know, when I first started doing comedy in in Chicago, I was like, where are my people? Because I don't do blue, mm-hmm. and and I didn't know of anybody. And so the CCA was the first exposure for me. I, I saw t- when Tim Hawkins was starting off and he was doing the small little churches, I, I was watching them in the same vein. And it just, poof, he just blew up. Right. And it's like now, you know, of course they're doing all these big, sh- like, again, I'm not knocking the big shows, but I'm saying is when I was, when I was going through, I was like, man, I wish I had a place for me. I mm-hmm. wish I had a place that I could go in and work on my material that is not as good right now, but it can get better. And I'm talking, and then my influence is Sinbad and Michael Jr. and Horace. And like, those are my guys because I can relate with them. Mm-hmm. Um, I was still watching Isaac Witty, which is going back to like the days of bananas, right? 
yeah. you got you know then you got uh the the great um <laughs> uh what's his name jeff allen yeah you know you got jeff allen i mean we got some heavy hitters shonda pierce like bone like they like bone's been at the club and he fallen he fall in love with gutty so i mean we can start hitting them up with all kinds of names and my thing is they have still yet to be exposed to to the world in mm-hmm. my opinion like we need to get these things going and get them in front of people so that they know that this is out there, these, these comics, and then comics that are that have been working the game that are really great at what they're doing and they're growing, they need to be having exposure. So I feel that Gutties needs to be able to be a springboard like all the other clubs where if you go through Gutties, man, you're going to have opportunity to get these gigs here, here, and here. So we, we need to grow our network and get better at uh, bringing everybody together to give them an opportunity to, to shine. Yeah. And one of the pillars there at Gutty's is, uh, is Haas Ridgeway. Yes. Yes. I I think that I think him being there and having so much stage time there is why he's doing Huckabee. That's why he's got a dry bar. It's why he's doing all these other things. He's doing a show at Nazareth coming up. That's all this different stuff. Yep. That's my Haas has been a key figure. Like you're right. 100%. Um, And it's funny. The story of Gutty's for Haas is when he first moved in town, um, he was looking for a place to be able to do comedy. So he came into town um, when he moved in and somebody brought him a newspaper and then we had an ad in the newspaper and it showed hey, clean comedy. There's a comedy club in, in Greenwood, which is 15 minutes away from where he lived. And he was like, Oh, so he emailed and he did, he did exactly what a professional comic should do. He emailed us and said, I would like to host an open mic. Who like, you know what I mean? This here, here's a guy who's been touring and doing these big church shows and big events, right? Mm-hmm. To the point where he's like, I'm going to come and do an open mic. Let me either host it or just give me like five minutes. I just want to be able to be a part of something. And at that time, we had this thing going where if you get, you know, if you bring people, you get more time on stage. That's the type of stuff, trying to fill out what an open mic is. Mm-hmm. And he ended up bringing like 25 people. So I'm like, dude, you get like 30 minutes, you know, you'll close, <laughs> you'll close the open mic. You know what I mean? And from that point on, if he would have never got that paper, you know, that's, that's, and the fact that I, I believe he said that they weren't getting the paper. It just so happened to show up that, that week. Wow. Exactly. So there's a lot of key factors to him being involved. And since then his game from from going just doing like church gigs to now doing clubs has changed his whole, and he'll tell you has changed his whole approach has been able to take his jokes and really refine it uh, and take it to now where he can go to spots that, that are not church related. And he's, he's experiencing a lot of growth um, in his, in his standup that he, he didn't think he, he had to do Hmm. because when you go from, like I said, it's very forgiving when you do a, a church thing, but when you go from that to like total strangers who don't go to church and making them laugh, that's a whole different thing. So he had to adjust, readjust, cut the word economy, slice it down, get like just trim the fat, make it better, get it cut. It's now he's in a he's he's in a total different spot. So I'm I'm so proud that you know and and so glad to have him a part of the team too as well. I think. He has been a, a huge, no pun intended, <laughs> if he's watching. Well, well, he's love used, you, bro. Hey, he used to be huge. He's down with like 70 pounds. Yeah, exactly. So he's been working on, on his game and his weight too. 
So he's looking pretty shabby. Not too shabby there, bro. Not too shabby. <laughs> and, uh, you know, there's other guys there that are really, uh, you know, really growing. I'm thinking about Ryan May, yeah. uh, Blake Champlin. Uh, you got these guys that they're there almost every time the doors are open. Yeah. And uh, you got to give them shout outs. Yeah, for sure. Uh, them, uh, they, uh, hey, Susanna. Um, they, yeah, you're right. You got guys that have been in the game for just a, a year, six weeks. And, you know, they're starting to grow because our open mic is uh, very, uh, it's welcoming. It's it's more like we want to want to see you win. It's a whole different thing because I know other mics that I've been to is very cutthroat and, you know, just to themselves clicky. This is more like, hey, come on in. If it's your first time, come on in. Give it a shot. Jump on the stage. Have fun. Try the jokes. They might not work. Well, nine times out of ten, they're not going to work. But that's okay. And it's like it, fall in love with the arts and the craft, right? And then you'll get them approached and they'll come up and say, hey, you should try this, try that. Now every Monday nights we actually uh, Emmanuel T, which is another great comic that's been a part of our whole mm-hmm. team as well. Emmanuel T has been just great, um, and a lot of other guys. I know I'm missing them, but I just I'm just saying our Monday nights now we do like six thirty, you know, thirty minutes prior to show doors opening, or whatever. You could come in at that time or six o'clock and and work on your writing. So everybody comes together and they just start slanging jokes and saying, "Oh, does this work? That work." Sometimes our open mic turns into a lab where somebody said a joke on stage and after they're done, we get feedback. You know, do you want feedback on this joke? Yeah, let me get feedback. Oh, you should try this angle or try that angle. So it's a very constructive environment and welcoming environment. And that's the culture that I want to create. I don't want to create where somebody's like, oh, you've been doing it for only three weeks, man. You shouldn't be on stage getting five minutes. It's like, dude, take it easy. Right. You know, we're not we're not going to be policing that. Um, and it's just a matter of experience. Just get up there and every comic will tell you in order to get better, you got to get more time, get time on stage, get time on stage, do it over and over and over till you get, you find your voice. Yeah. And I just want to encourage anybody, if you're in uh, Minneapolis or, or uh, Indianapolis, uh, go to uh, gettyscomedyclub.com. Uh, click the link to go to your local establishment and uh, uh, travel, you know, um, if you're anywhere in the Midwest, you know, it's not that hard to get to these cities and, and check out Guddies. Uh, i got some big names. You mentioned Isaac Whitty. Yep. I know Isaac Whitty's coming. Is he coming to Indy or is he coming to Minnesota? He's in Minnesota. Yeah, he's Minnesota. a Minnesota native. So uh, we got him up there. Um, definitely somebody that you want to check out. You don't want to miss that show. Yeah, I, uh, I, he's always uh, one of the clips uh, that uh, Darren Sherbro plays on his weekly podcast. Yes. So, uh, yeah, I love Isaac Witte and, and Darren Strebelow's been there. I was just going to say, I was like, Darren's been there too. It's like we, these guys have been exposed to the club and, and I feel that it was, it, it was nothing but positive, positive feedback. It was really good. Yeah. yeah. Uh, can I share one more thing too? Yeah, go for it. There's another side of Gutties that we just launched, which is our, I don't know if I'm jumping in, but. Oh yeah. Oh, the GSA. Yeah. Yeah. Which is the Gutty School for the Arts. Yeah. Um, this is a 501c3 um, idea that has been in my heart for a long time, and that is the education side of comedy. And uh, so we created Gutty School for the Arts because it's going to help pretty much anyone who wants to learn improv and stand up and uh, sketch comedy. Um, it's 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 cre- it has been created so that we can house uh, these educational sides of these um, initiatives. 
to bring attention to that. Because there's a lot of people who's just like, I want to just punch up my speech. I want to be, I want to know how to, you know, just take away the fright on stage. So improv is good. And like just giving everybody an opportunity. And I know you know this, um, the beauty of and the, the importance of being able to be exposed like that through improv helps you get out of your shell. So there's a lot of that um, that we want to bring. And so February 2nd is going to be our first um, class, which is the uh, Gutty School for the Arts uh, Stand-Up 101. So it was pretty much that. It was developed so that we can also give that other side of comedy, which is the educational side of it, Mm -hmm. uh, and bring that to the stage as well. So we're excited about that launch too as well. Is that launching in both locations or is that going to only be indie for the, for the right now? Week? Yeah. Right now it is. Um, um, it's Indiana right now, uh, but it, there is plans to be able to take the courses that we create. We, we're actually already creating um, a way to be able to record them. So they're going to be able to be available online as a course. So in Minnesota, if anybody's up there, if we can't get an instructor up there, they can basically take what we were creating here in Indiana and recreate it and go online and, and be able to take a, be a part of that. Um, that's just one aspect of it too, as well. Um, we have essentially from that, we want to create the up next clean comedy festival, which mm. is going to be now an improv and stand up, you know, just festival of, of comedy uh, for both locations. So Minnesota and Indiana will be hosting that. So that's where everything is kind of pushing to is be able to not just provide some stand-up comedy and everything, but it's really just giving um, – oh, that's awesome. Um, it's really just giving them an opportunity to be able to learn something. Like I know people out there looking like I want to, like I said, punch up the speech, get some some confidence speaking in front of people, even punch up your sermons. Like there's a, a lot of ways to be able to – to, to get this going. And I, I'm excited about it. I think that's a really cool uh, thing that we're going to start launching. So if not 2022 and 2023, I'd like to see, uh, we're actually shooting for that goal uh, to be able to not only provide stand-up comedy at our clubs, but also then we're going to do a uh, comedy festival too as well. So nice. uh, be, be uh, ready for that. And you can find out a little bit more about that at gettyscomedyclub.com. Uh, click on the Indianapolis side and then uh, look for the uh, GSA uh, banner yeah. and uh, find all the details there. Classes start in, uh, as we're recording on the 31st, in two days. Yeah. And because it's Groundhog's Day, uh, you don't, you're going to take the same class over and over and over again until yeah, you yeah. get it right. Until so you get it right. And then you're going to be polished and you'll be able to tell your jokes with some some confidence and conviction. Nice. <laughs> So uh, Susanna Francis, a, a friend of ours, she came, uh, I know she's been to Gutty's a couple of times. She came to see us when we came down for, um, when it brought oh, well yeah. birth down. Okay, that's what's up. Right before the pandemic. So maybe it was our fault that the pandemic happened. <laughs> maybe we brought that. You brought it with you. <laughs> but uh, so Steve, uh, there are three segments that uh, are, are really important uh, uh, to me uh, yeah. about the shows. Uh, you know, I know that we're running a little bit long. I know you got the open mic going on behind you. Yeah. Um, but I always love to hear people's testimony. How did you find your relationship with the Lord? How did you come to that, that place? Oh man, we got another hour. Okay. Um, (laughs) no, you know what? My father is a a pastor. So I grew up a PK. So I was a pastor's kid. So I grew up in the Pentecostal church first Mm -hmm. and then it kind of like, 
went from Church of God to, uh, you know, Pentecostal to non-denominational. So there's a lot of that going on. But mm -hmm. I grew up immediately loving the whole uh, story, like the whole message of who Christ was. So immediately when I was very young, I went to my mom and it was like, I want Jesus in my heart. I got to a place where I was convicted as a young kid and saying, mm. I want, I want Jesus in my heart. And so my mom went through the whole thing and helping me out and understanding the importance of it, not just the prayer, right. But the importance of why you want Christ in your heart. And that was a very important part was that her explaining the reason for Christ and why um, was important because I didn't want, she didn't want me to just jump in just cause you know, I need Jesus. It was more like, let me explain to you what is the reason, why the reason, and and then definitely pray with me and 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 accept him. And it started at that early age, but then you know you grow up, and it's that's when you start making some bad decisions. Right. And uh, so when I was about twenty one, twenty two is when I got to a place where I was just at the road, on the road to Damascus, right? And I meet mm -hmm. the Savior, and that's when it was really like a conviction in my heart going don't pass me by because I am nothing without you. Right. It was that moment where I was actually listening to, I don't know if you're familiar with Fred Hammond, but Sounds it's the, uh, yeah. So, so it's the, um, the song, uh, don't pass me by, I believe it's called. So it's like, so I cried, Jesus, I need you. Please don't pass me by. So that was that whole moment I had, an identity crisis. And I was like, I don't know who I am, what my purpose is in life. What is going on? And I pulled over in tears and I'm like, I'm surrendering. I'm done running. I'm done doing all this stuff that I felt I needed to do to try to figure out my life. And I'm like, I'm surrendering. And that moment was when I was like, I'm yours. I'm really, really, really yours. Like I'm giving up everything and I want to follow you because I feel that I know that, that I can't live this Hmm. life without you and so that point it was done that's the wrap that's when i was like all right from that point on and it was a battle don't get me wrong i'm ups and downs but my whole mindset was i'm in a i'm in process right to sanctify i'm in process to being set apart and separated from that and that means a lot of sacrifice that means a lot of giving up a lot of things that were still dug in me that I needed mm -hmm. to let go and the pains and all that. And you, when you go through that process of separation, that's when you know the purification comes in and you're like, okay, now I know that even in the times where it gets tough, he's there with me. Even in the times where I feel like all hope is lost, he's there with me. Like all of that reassurance had to really be beaten into my head because I just felt like I was alone and I went through a lot of depression and anxiety, not knowing I was in there, a lot of codependency stuff that was like eye-opening to me. And it's like, okay, Lord, you're really revealing some stuff. And then, of course, um, I married my wife and we both have a heart of worship. We're worshipers. Uh, our heart is about worship. And it's just been a, a, just a journey from that point yeah. on. Yeah. How old were you when you had that conversation with your mom about uh, Oh, my goodness. Why? I had to have been at least nine, 10, 10 years old. Here's the thing is I was exposed to, you know, really like listening to my dad. The way I got into comedy was like, I listened to my dad. He's hilarious when he's <laughs> preaching. Hilarious. I mean, he had the, his, the congregation was at least a thousand people in Chicago on Ashland. He had a church there and um, just the whole crowd, mm -hmm. the whole congregation rolling. And I'm like, 
I want I want to know how to do that. That's hilarious, mm-hmm. right? That really attracted me. Not the not the sermon, <laughs> the laughter, right? Yeah. The, the laughter is what got me. But I was very young and exposed, and I, and then going up on stage, I was always singing songs with my family. We're a very musical family, so everybody played an instrument and they sang. So we sang for you know praise and worship and all that stuff. So that was a part of my life. Being up on stage was automatic, bro. So I never had a problem getting up on stage in front of people because I did it almost all my life. So that was the exposure, but I didn't know him. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. you know of him, but you didn't know him until I started getting, when you get older, you start going through some experiences, right? That's mm-hmm. when it starts making sense. That's when the seeds that were planted of the word, right? The word is, is planted in us. Those seeds were buried. Then God came the increase. Like, Life will just bring those things out and it has to be watered by the Holy Spirit. Got to be watered by the word. And so when the watering started happening, when I had that moment of break, God started watering those seeds and it just sprouted up. And I'm like, oh, this makes sense. It all makes sense. Everything that was taught, everything that I learned through your word, it makes sense now. And that's when it was like, okay, it it comes full circle. Yeah. That's awesome. And it's great. And it shows the the value of having parents that are willing to pour into their kids and, yeah. you know, you, you teach it, them and, and they uh, teach them in the way they should go and they will not depart from it. As broken as they were, right. Yeah. As broken as we all are still, the word of God stands true, mm-hmm. you know, no matter what. And those seeds were planted. And I, I'm thankful for that. Yeah. Amen to that. So the uh, the next two uh, segments, one is called the interrogation. It's seven uh, <laughs> random questions that otherwise wouldn't fit in our conversation. Uh, most of them are softballs, but uh, we'll have some fun with it. So here is the interrogation. First question, who's on your playlist? Oh, my goodness. Um, on my playlist, oh, you caught me off guard. Natalie Grant. I think it's Natalie Grant. Okay. Yeah, she has been, she's been able to, I mean, I don't know if you heard the national anthem too as well. Oh, yeah. But there's some really strong, I feel what draws to me is the fact that um, when people have gone through some stuff, and I feel like Natalie has gone through some that you could feel, right, that anointing mm-hmm. in the singing. And and for me, that's that's been on, that's been on because of what I've been going through too as well. So it's been keeping me. Nice. Number two, what was the uh, first bit that you ever wrote? Oh my goodness, bro! The first bit I ever wrote, and it's it's horrible too. <laughs> it, it is horrible, and it's so bad. I don't. I'm afraid to say it too, as well. Um, the first bit was <laughs> this is so bad. Okay, and forgive me, everyone who's gonna see and hear this, but it's not. It's not like okay. So it was. It was basically saying. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Oh, okay, let me see how I can how I can get this going. You put me on the spot, bro. You put me <laughs> on the spot. Um, I had a friend of mine who's de- who's um, oh, how do I, okay? There was a friend of mine. This is why it's horrible. Um, a friend of mine has a buddy. This is how I word it too. A friend of mine had a buddy who said that he had a he had got he had uh, okay. So a friend of mine had a buddy that. Uh, worked as an electrician and he said he was certified. And so I said, okay, cool. Come on through. We need to get some work done. And so he came to my house and he, he said immediately, he said, he said, hi, my name is Hector. <laughs> and he said, 
he said, hi, my name is Hector, and uh, I'm here to work on, on your electricity. And I was like, at first, that was the first thing. And then I asked him, are you certified? He said, I am certificated. And I said, I don't think this is a job for you. <laughs> Garbage. <laughs> I am certificated. That's when I was like, ah, maybe this is not for you. See? <laughs> See how horrible and grimy that was? That's horrible. But, yeah, that was like, oh, my gosh, that takes me back. Uh, man, that takes it way back, bro. Because the whole premise was the fact that my buddy tried to get me someone who can fix something, right? Mm-hmm. And said that he's certified and he's good for it. But I didn't set that up. And then for him to say, I am certificated, certificated, I was like, nah, bro. <laughs> you, you can't even say certified, right? <laughs> you You don't have the skills. I'm not trusting you to fix this, so that's where the horrible. So it was, it was bad. It was bad. Question number three: uh, Being a business owner, a dad, husband, involved in church, you know, you got to find time for yourself. How do you relax? Oh man, man, bro. To be honest with you, okay, I would say I have this uh, Christian meditation uh, music that really is just worship music, but it's in a, in a really nice uh, setting. It's just music. It's just worship music that plays in the background. I get up around like, I try to, uh, 4.35 o'clock is kind of where I I get up. And I just take a moment to sit down and just be, right? And just Mm -hmm. be in his presence. So I just ask God, I'm not asking for anything. I'm not doing anything. I'm just still. And when that music's playing, for me, I'm able to then be able to see what God wants, or at least hear. Mm-hmm. And it helps me visualize my day, helps me visualize um, what needs to be done. What needs to be, I'm able to relax like that. Because I know that after this time, everything else is just going to hit me from all angles. So if I don't get this moment, to sometimes I even just over and over just meditate one scripture. That allows me to just I just I just mull it over over and over and over and over, um, and, and allow just myself to just relax and be in a moment, just be in that point of saying, "Okay, Lord, I'm prepared for this day." Is it every day? Not really, but that's kind of like my way to escape. Okay. Question number four: Do you have any uh, regrets or things that you wish you could do over? Yes, I have lots of them. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think, man. I think I can do over that first joke. Um, <laughs> I wish I wish I could have done better. No, um, I think honestly, the regrets. I don't really. I think I regret not. Okay, as a business, I would say as as a business owner, I regret not having a full plan. Like I wish I had it. I had pre. Like I went all in because I was so zealous. And there's some things as a business you do have to have established. Mm-hmm. And I I, reg- I I do wish I could redo my setup to jump into gutties a little bit better. Because hindsight's always twenty twenty. So if I could have done that better, I'd have a little bit uh, an easier uh, cushion, you know, to to work through this. Even even if, you know through a pandemic, I think if, if I could have done that a little bit better, I definitely would have. Nice. All right, number five, other than Jesus, because that's too easy, 
What is a character from scripture that has taught you the most? Oh my goodness. Um, I always point to Paul. I always relate with him because he's one of the guys that are out here, you know, it's not the, he's not the crew, you know? Um, and his way of of transformation is like kind of similar to um, how I felt like Mm -hmm. I'm on his way. He met the savior, right. And his life changed. Right. That's kind of how I relate to that. I was like, bro, I, I feel you in this because as much as I've always been one to always, you know, do a lot of things I like to do. I'm very good at like, even if it's just reading a book, I'll pick it up. And if I want to be really good at it, I'll do it. Like, I, I just relate so much to his passion, so much to his zealous, how zealous he is about stuff before, prior to meeting them, then after, like super zealous, ready to go all out. You know, he was next level in my opinion. And mm-hmm. if you know me well, uh, Dennis will tell you, I'm always saying that. I'm like Steve, next level Rivera. Like next level is always on my like radar. I want to take things next level. And and yeah. I, I just feel like that has always been my, my connection. Cool. Question number six. Have you ever had a fanboy moment? <laughs> oh, man. You know what? Um, I, no. Like, I wish, like, I would have a fanboy moment if I met Sinbad. I'd be like, okay. oh, bro. But I, I haven't really, I, I don't know. I, I don't think I've ever had that moment where I'm just, like, sitting there like, oh, my God. I mean, I've met, like, I've I've seen a few people and I met a few people that was just like, yo, how you doing? But it was nobody where I'm all like geeking. I would probably geek if I met Sinbad for sure. All right. And final question, book your dream tour. What other three comics are coming with you? Oh my goodness. You are putting me on the spot, dude. I got to go with, okay. So let me start off with like, obviously headlining this thing with Sinbad. So Sinbad is in the, in the book. Um, Man, bro, to be honest with you, it's like, it's me, Sinbad, um, gosh, I can can go with my buddies, like my guys, like, I got Sinbad, I got Hoss in there, I got Brent Stackhouse, which is my ace, that's my Mm. my guy, um, that's kind of who I would roll with, I mean, I don't. I don't know. I don't really have like a full list of comics. I would, I would love to be a part of stuff like Nate Bergazzi is another great guy that I think would be fun to do. Um, you know, I, I met um, maybe Gabriel Iglesias would be might be one where I could probably be a part of. But I love these guys too much. You know, what I mean, I I don't know. I just I don't have. I really don't have like a super superhero in my in my books as far as comics. I I watch them all. I love them all. But they don't stick out to me like that. I like, like you know, in that in that manner. I don't know why. It's weird. Fair enough. All right. <laughs> so that was the interrogation. Uh, and the final final question I ask every episode is: uh-huh. uh, for anyone that's looking to use their gifts, talents, their passions, all for the glory of God, what is your wise counsel? Oh my goodness. I would say, first of all, you do need to find out what it is. You know, make sure that you know for sure that this is what God has called you to do and gifted you with. Because your gift, right, only brings you so far. So it really is the commitment that's important and knowing 
that this is what you know you're going to do for the, you know, for the rest of your life. Like you, you really need to get that locked in because if you don't get that locked in, you're going to be just back and forth, waving back and forth. You got to know that, you know, that, you know, that, you know, that this is what it is. And now I'm going to stay committed because my gift will only take me so far. I need to make sure that I stay committed to it. A good word. All right. So that is uh, the wise council. That was our show Uh, for anybody watching or listening. uh, Be sure to connect and buy tickets for either one of the Gutty's locations at gutty'scomedyclub.com. And when you're posting your photos, posting your videos, uh, hashtag go to Gutty's. Let people know that you're there. If you're looking to learn, uh, go to gutty'scomedyclub.com and uh, check out the GSA launching February 2nd. Uh, with the stand-up class, and there's going to be a bunch of other comedy classes to come. Uh, and there are some scholarships available uh, if you want to apply for one of those. Yes, yes. I, th- I believe there's like seven left, so either five or seven, something like that. And, and it's like those are scholarships available, so jump on and, and take advantage of it. Yep. So that's go to our hashtag go to Gutties at GuttiesComicClub.com. Yeah. Uh, and uh, as we wrap up, uh, I want to invite anyone to join us next week. Uh, next week, uh, we're diving into the month of February, which is uh, Black History Month. Got some awesome uh, uh, ladies and uh, a great comedian who I would want to connect you with, uh, Steve. Uh, okay, yeah. Red. Uh, sure. He's hilarious. He's up here in Chicago. Uh, but uh, we're going to have a, a great month of some uh, phenomenal uh, uh, men and women of God uh, just to honor Black History Month. So I hope you'll join us next week. And, of course, always check out GettysComedyClub.com. And uh, we will I, see you next time. I appreciate you rocking the swag, bro. Appreciate yeah. you. Love and support, man. Thank you so much for having us on the, on the on, having me on the show, bro. This has been great. And your, and your support has been super just great to see, bro. I really appreciate that. I love you guys. And, hey, it's no secret. I want to bring Gutty's three or four, whichever order it comes Listen, in, I want to bring it to Chicago. Let's make it happen. That's my home, so let's make it happen. Let's make it happen. So we'll see everybody next week. Thanks for watching. Bye,